Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight and joining me from across the pond, he's not an animatronic bear, but he is John Burke from BurkeReviews.com. How are you, sir? Some people would say I am a bear, but not an animatronic <laughs> one. Anyways, um, I'm doing all right, man. I'm, uh, you know, drinking a beverage because it's November 2nd. We're recording this a little later than usual. Yes. And something magical happened today. Ooh, do the tell. Starbucks uh, winter coffees dropped in the Starbucks. Um, so, you know, they're the peppermint mochas and the, oh, uh, yes. the gingerbread. And I got, I'm drinking right now, um, an iced uh, sugar cookie almond milk latte jesus that sounds so in one hand it sounds so pretentious on another hand it sounds it so does. good it, it's very good i actually i don't know if i've ever tried this one i can't remember if this was like a returning flavor or a new flavor but i was looking at the calorie counts and like the the don't do mocha that. is 400 calories and then the gingerbread's 400 calories and this was 200 calories I'm like okay i'm gonna go with that um fair enough and do, do, do you get it in the red cups now uh, the the iced ones are clear traditionally. Um, I didn't get an iced one, and uh, it does have Christmas ornaments on it, though, or like Christmas shapes. I guess is more <laughs> accurate. Um, I think they had the red cups. I don't know for sure. I saw some. A lot of people were definitely out and about getting uh the the, the winter coffees, <laughs> if you will. Um, I had to wait. I waited way too long. I was tricked because the side that I pulled up to the Starbucks is the side where like the cars would be wrapping around to like get the order. Like not yes. to pick up the order, but to put the order in and there was no line. So then as I'm like driving into the parking lot, I'm like, oh no, there's a huge line on the other <laughs> side, but I've already committed to like going, especially because the, uh, there's a lot of road. Florida basically is in a perpetual state of uh, road construction lately. Oh, I feel and that. Specifically my way home. I, I hit so many patches of construction and where the Starbucks was is a very congested terrible part of construction happening so like once you commit to going you're you're like oh, i gotta get the coffee there. now because it's going to be too hard to get back into the road to not have a coffee with me at this point you know like i've committed so i i sat in line for way too long um <laughs> but long I, worth I, it. It, i'm not mad I, I like this coffee so i'm, I'm like i'm like this is good because i would have been really upset if i like what took is... a sip and this tastes like crap uh what instead it's like this is cookie in a cup right. and i love that um and it's we've got lower the, uh, than the peppermint mocha We've got the festive drinks over here now in the various chains. Of course, we have Starbucks on every corner over here, too. Uh, what did I? I went to um, one I prefer. It's called Cafe Nero. It's very kind of authentic. Well, I say, say very, but authentic to the Italian taste. So it's a lot stronger. Um, but I had a, a Panatoni latte, uh, which is very, very nice. And I also had a Florentine latte, which is a Christmas cake and things like that. And walking through town today on my lunch break it was amazing to see that every coffee shop because i'm pretty sure it's the same in the malls in the states you've got a coffee shop on every corner but every single one has is now advertising the festive range and i thought yeah two days ago it was a halloween range we barely even mm -hmm. finished i'm still feeling spooky and i'm being told i've got to put my tinsel on my my christmas hat on but my man this is the i love christmas i love christmas day i, I always have done and always will do but this is where the fun begins now. The the lead up where the lights start going up, the drinks start coming out, everyone starts getting festive. This is where mm -hmm. it all begins, and that's what excites me most. Yeah, uh, agreed. And uh, my wife has already been watching the the Hallmark movies, uh, so those have been on <laughs> uh, when I walk past. Um, but yeah, you know it's it's exciting. Um, it's a good. It's generally speaking, in the past, 
Christmas time also brings a lot of Christmas spirit. And it's yes. something I feel like we are in short supply of in the last couple of years. And I, mm. I just always hope that we will still manage to, to get some of that joy. Um, hopefully it, it does pop up. Uh, I do my part to, to make it as joyous as I can, but. Well, let's hope fingers crossed because God knows the world needs it right now. Um, if anybody can hear the sounds of Storm Kieran outside, please do bear with me. It is absolutely oh. teeming it down. There's weather weather alerts all over the place here for oh, the man. storms and the rain and the wind. So I do apologise if uh, a cow flies into my window or something. Uh, let's hope it doesn't. But let's 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 get into the film tonight. Speaking of Christmas cheer and joy and festivities, hopefully tonight's film will provide that because I know a lot of people have been very 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 excited for this film before we talk about that if you're new to the show welcome generally we do a non-spoiler episode on our main discussion this week and we'll drop a 10-15 minute spoiler mini-sode a couple of days later but because we're a little bit late this week because life gets in the way uh we're going to be still doing our non-spoiler review but towards the end of the episode there's a high chance we might just drop a couple of minutes of spoilers uh but we will give you a huge advance warning if we do because if you haven't seen the film we don't want to be the ones to spoil it for you and this week we are talking about five nights at freddy's yes a lot of people have been excited for this of course based on the but the phenomenon that is the game or the series of games are five nights at freddy's so uh, before we talk about our relationship to the games or the story in itself let's go through the tale of the tape so the film's directed by emma tammy who i wasn't really aware of before going in and having mm-hmm. looking at her kind of filmography she's directed a film called the wind a few years ago and she's done a, bit, a few tv things here and there so this is kind of i think it's fair to say her first kind of big break first big movie uh, and it's come via blumhouse and it's written by scott cawthon who uh, wrote the games as well he so he is mr five nights at freddy's scott hawthorne he is here to write the script alongside Emma Tammy and Seth Cuddyback. And the cast for this film reads Josh Hutchison. He's back. Josh Hutchison as Mike. Piper Rubio as Abby. Elizabeth Lale as Vanessa. Uh, Matthew Lillard as Steve Raglan. Mary Stuart Marston as Aunt Jane. Uh, and, and then there is a plethora of young actors and other actors. But there's your kind of key components to our cast here. So the synopsis for this reads, a troubled security guard begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. During his first night on the job, he realises that the night shift won't be so easy to get through. Pretty soon he will unveil what actually happened at Freddy's. Uh, Now I said a lot of people have been excited for this uh, and I'm sure we've got screening tales to tell, but Teddy Salmon OJB, the critics weren't excited by this because it's currently sitting at 30% on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics. The audience... 88% 88% not surprised at all Metascore 34 5.6 out of 10 on IMDB the user score and 2.7 out of 4 on Letterboxd out of 5 on Letterboxd sorry out of 5 out of 5 so this film is available in theatres and it's available on Peacock so if you have yep. Peacock you can spend well one evening watching Five Nights at Freddy's or you can go to your local theatre and check out the film so before we talk about the film then john this is a i think it's what nine games in this series now big series so many fans lots of fiction written about it and the fans are rabid about this but just before just so we can get some context what's your relationship to the games do you know them do you have you played them 
no um my daughter loved them uh like mm-hmm. the first three she was really really into she, it came How out the time, i think i think 12 uh yeah. 12 okay. or 13 and it was an early game i think we had to, it was like one of the first things we had to buy from an app store kind of thing um they they were, they were cheap i think they were like three or four bucks um but uh they've they've ported those games over to systems now and you can play them on consoles and they they're they're like you said eight or nine games in i've i I have a mixed feeling about survival horror type games anyways, and then mobile games especially. I just It just never appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the, like, I'd seen the characters, and I don't know how much, like, random merchandise I bought her when she was that age. Um, like, those, like, little toys and whatnot. I feel like there was stuff around. And I was definitely aware of it. And I, being a teacher at the time, too, like, it was uh, many of my students have played it. I've seen many of them reading, like, the the uh, novelization stuff of it because there's a lot of, like, spinoff material like they've done with Minecraft and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was one of those games where I constantly had students. And in my film classes, when they announced this movie being made, which I feel like was, like, six or seven years ago, they announced the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Uh, my students were so hyped. And I immediately was like, calm down. Video game movies are normally not very good. Um, and, and especially when the source material is very story light, at least the initial games, it was, it was more or less like a setup and payoff. Like, it's like, here's a haunted, like Chuck E. Cheese inspired place. Uh, you use security cam footage. It very much used this medium of being a phone game, uh, in a, a, you know, using the medium very well. Um, but it was super simple, I think, premise wise. And they've, they've since apparently very much fleshed out the lore and, talking with my daughter yesterday um she has not seen the movie yet but i was talking to her about the movie and i was like letting her kind of tell me things from the lore which she's not super up on but she knows enough where i was surprised a lot of this movie is from lore related content um (laughs) yes not all of it but more than i would have thought uh especially when we start talking about our opinions of the film um and what i think this movie did right and what i think it did very wrong um Okay. But, okay. You know, uh, I I have a question though. How did you see this? Did you watch it on Peacock or did you go to the theater? Uh, I went to the theater. When it comes to the BAMP, uh, unless it's a <laughs> streaming only film, I'd always go out of my way where possible to go to the theater because if we're going to talk about it, at least I can sit in a theater and distractions or the only distractions mm-hmm. I usually have are the idiots who are sitting in an audience with me. All all disrespect. Um, meant most okay. of the time but um, yeah unless it's streaming but yeah no well, I have Peacock I don't often watch it to be honest but I uh, know I went to the theatre to watch this and in my screening there were it wasn't full there was a you know a, a good handful maybe a quarter full but of that of that quarter at least half of those were either dressed up in uh, Five Nights at Freddy paraphernalia or they were accoutrements or they had like a, a a teddy or or something or or something which was some of the merch from this series, and I thought, wow! In here, not that it's, obviously it's huge in England, but like the time I went to see it and on the evening I saw it, I just assumed it would be you know me and like I know some couples watching it or something. But you know, there were diehards there to watch it, and it was interesting because they don't, they're obviously there for the ride and there for the Easter eggs. I haven't played the games like you. Uh, I know of the story and I know of how it kind of developed and evolved over time from quite a simplistic story to you know supernatural and everything else that went with it um but i haven't played the game so i went into this now with i'd like to say fresh impetus i'm not comparing it to something i had expectations based on what the trailers told me 
and that's what I went in with, JB. So, um, should we get into talking about the film now? Because uh, well, I, I thought you I asked like we me should. how I watched it because I didn't oh, go. Yeah, to I'm going to ask you how you watched it. Um, I I I decided to watch it at home because I was afraid of crowd. Um, oh, because fair of enough. The, the fandom and also like a lot of my students. And right now I'm just kind of in a point where I'm like, I, I didn't feel like I had been at a conference for four days, uh, for three yes. days. I was not even three, but I was like very socially, my battery was drained and I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't Let's feel like going to the theater. Um, so I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm going to take advantage. I've had a peacocks peacock subscription pretty much since the, its inception because, uh, they own my Kate, my internet service provider. So it's like, it's bundled in, um, to my, in, my internet, uh, which is not a complaint. Cause I actually, I think Peacock is an underrated streaming service. I actually tend, tend to enjoy a lot of the stuff that, uh, their mm-hmm. original programming, all the Ryan Johnson stuff has been fantastic. So I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and watch it here. If I really, really like it, I can go watch it in the theater. Of course. Um, and if I, if I don't really click with it, then at least I didn't anger a bunch of the fans by being annoyed or, um, from what I've heard, my daughter said uh, there's a lot of stuff of people being just obnoxious in the movies, like like the fandom, not quite to the level of the minions. You remember the guys dressing up as like the oh, gentlemen, the minion crazy. It, it, I don't think it's quite hit that level of viral obnoxiousness, but I do think it's more crowded than I was up for. Um, so I'm glad, I think I made the right decision. No, no, that's but, fair enough, my friend. Um, there, there was a few. Um, fred heads or whatever you want to call them like five <laughs> night swifties in my crowd and to be fair they were they weren't causing any and not, not to say that you you were insinuating they would but they weren't causing any trouble necessarily I, I, they kind of got fairly excited when certain things happened which went over my head which i'm which i dig i'm here for that's no different than when i went to watch spider-man no way home and you know the big reveals yeah. and that everybody was going wild and, you, know, you well, can't help but join in but that's because we knew I, what they were I do have a similar experience is that I am a fan of the Warcraft movie because I played World of Warcraft for way You'll too long. You'll go to like, bat for this forever, won't you? I will. And so I, there were moments when I was watching Warcraft where I had those like, oh my God, it's a murloc. <laughs> and like other people are like, what the heck is that fish thing? I'm like, it's a murloc. You know, like, um, and so, and I, I got, I even read the novels of Warcraft uh, because I was really into the lore. So like, I totally can relate um, yeah, I do want to point out though that that director is uh, David Bowie's son, whose name is not going to come to me right now. But um, oh, he did that crappy, um, really bad sci-fi Netflix. movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it. that was the last um, thing he did uh, as a result too. But um, but he did we'll Moon, name. and yes, Moon is fantastic. Did. That's great. So it's like he's all over the place with his films. But uh, so like I get it. Th- those people, especially because I think there's going to be a lot of fans who maybe listen to this and are mad at us. I don't actually know how you feel yet, but I know how I feel about this. And uh, I, I don't think this movie it, uh, lived up to its potential because I think there's a really awesome movie here that is just bogged down by so much bad writing. Um, but that's me. So, uh, you know, let's uh, you, you usually it's your turn to start. So mm-hmm. I guess we should let you say your thoughts. Okay, no, yeah, to your point, I mean, there, there probably are a fair few people who listen who are huge fans of this franchise, and mm-hmm. I know they don't like hearing when, you know, people haven't liked the film. I've seen people online getting terrorised because they yeah. said a bad thing against Five Nights at Freddy's, so uh, you might want to buckle in, guys, because this film is, I uh, almost swore, is abysmal. This, oh, if it wasn't, and, and somebody, <laughs> honestly, the internet has taken my line, which was, if it wasn't for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, this would but be clear as the worst film I've seen all year. Oh, wow. By far. 
and I and there's, and I, there's no hyperbole. And the worst thing about that is, and John can back me up on this. I, when the pre-initial uh, screening reviews came out, I think from the London screening, which I couldn't go to, thankfully, um, people were saying, "Oh, this is the worst film of the year." So I went to John, and uh, as I do, we you know we talk off air, and said, "Well, it, we, we, we're so entrenched now in a world where you know every week we've got a new best film of the year or new worst film of the year, and it's getting a little mm-hmm. bit silly now. This kind of hyperbolic, reactionary, reactionary reviews we see." But uh, I am now one of them. However, I didn't come out of the screening, but the screener and saying that I came out a week or a few days after release and said it. I, I hated it. But And what makes it worse is actually I thought the first 10, 15 minutes was actually really good. You know, when they're, when they're setting that up and we're following Josh Hutchison as Mike and we're just kind of working out the world he's in, the headspace he's in, where he's come from. Him dealing with Matthew Lillard's um, employment counsellor, trying to get a job. Matthew Lillard's very, very fun in this. Um, he's having a blast. It's Matthew yeah. Lillard, man. Um, and somebody does say in this film, I'll be right back, which made me laugh. I'll be right back. Um, mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. a scream. But, and then, and then also we get it. And we also get a little um, look at the, the actual Freddy Fazbear's diner and how one would become uh, or how the animatronics are are made, shall we say? I was like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in first 10, 15 minutes, but then sh- almost straight away after that, the bottom fell out and the bottom fell out hard. The main character falls asleep throughout the film, so it's very meta in that <laughs> sense. Because I was honestly, I was so bored. Five minutes uh, at Freddy's would have been better for me than five nights because they can't even fill five nights with content. Is it five nights? I didn't count. I'm so curious I, to know if it's accurate to the know. name. And in another film which got um, savaged on one half of the show, Believer, at least in that film when the writing wasn't great, at least they said, Oh, you'd be gone three nights. Let's so let's show you three nights. I don't know how many nights were here, but do you know why? Because they'd have a night where Mike would fall asleep and nothing would happen. And then, you know, they're trying to build up this tension, trying to build up the atmosphere. Uh, and then they'd spend the next 10, 15 minutes in the, in the day, just doing stuff, being at school, going to counselors, going to meetings and completely destroying any momentum and then trying to bring it, and then trying to bring it back again when they went back for the next night and then rinse and repeat. They then spend the next day, at meetings, having dinner, having meatballs, there is no momentum. There's no, there's no, there is no pace here. There is no tension. There's no atmosphere. There is no scares. Now I understand that this is aimed at kids. It's a PG thirteen rating, and boy, did yeah. they aim for that. Um, and that's why I asked how old your daughter was when she played the games. When you said it's kind of around about twelve, this is this is this is what the who the film is for. And that isn't a uh, a derogatory statement that oh, this is you know a gateway horror is no good. Two like the others. I mean, The Ring is a twelve PG thirteen, one of the uh, one of the best horror films of the of this millennium, I'd say. Uh, certainly of that um, rating. Hell, Jaws was a PG when it came out, but let's say about that certification the better. Um, but there's nothing here that is inherently good. I think Josh Hutcherson, uh, great young actor. He's not. He, well, I mean, he he plays the character well enough, but the character is awful, badly written. There's mm-hmm. there's a few there's a few storylines going on here. Too many really needs, there only needs to be one, doesn't there? So we've got again no spoilers yet. Towards the end, we might like I said, we might delve into spoilers more. But there's there's storylines which involve kind of child support or child governance. 
there is they're flashing back to the past to try and identify a mystery or uh, or solve a mystery via dreams. There's oh, um, a random policewoman turns up out of nowhere. I don't know how, what they tried that. And of course, you've got the robots and everything else. There, there's so much going on and none of it works, especially when the production design is stellar. The production design of this is fantastic. The animatronics, which I believe yeah. were done by the Henson Company, are excellent. The actual, the the Fazbear's Chuck E. Cheese-esque diner restaurant looks great. You know, everything about it looks great when they're in the, the restaurant. Looks great. What you expect to see from one from Five Nights at Freddy's film, but they just don't know what to do with anything that they have. And that, and by the time we get to the end, which I'm not going to spoil just yet. I wanted, uh, I was, I wanted to throw myself off the balcony uh, because it's there were so many eye rolling moments throughout. There's so many moments where you look at the main character and think, "What the hell are you doing? What are you doing?" There's so many moments when you look at the policewoman Vanessa and think, "Why are you doing what? You, why are you? Why not just speak?" Um, the there's a, there's a moment where all I'll say is, you know, some characters build a fort, and oh, good god, um, that is. They're building this for, and I, 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 all we needed was some kind of. We needed Curtis Mayfield playing in the background, and everyone just kind of dancing around, and then it would have made it maybe a bit better. But I didn't think so. In short, because I will go on forever, and I don't want to completely crap on it too much, though I have enjoyed it. There's no scares. There's no tension. The the, the performances are awful. The only good thing is the robots, and when they're used, they're used terribly. The horror aspects. This is a Blumhouse film. Remember are not very good at all because it, because you don't see anything. Don't always need to see something. However, the way they do it here feels so desperate to get that PG-13 rating, yeah, to get more bums on seats is ridiculous. Um, and by the time we get to the end, I, it, it gets even worse. Um, and there's one good joke in it. There's one good joke. That's two characters at certain points of the film say, that's two jobs. I was like, oh, I dig it. They came and I like that full circle. Um, other than that, JB, I cannot recommend this for the life of me. This is awful. It's so all over the place. It's more all over the place than me trying to get my thoughts out because I just don't know where to start with this film. Like you said, there is a good film in here somewhere, and it's called Willy's Wonderland, which in itself. Wasn't oh, yes. A good film. I was going to ask about it. Yeah. It I wasn't mean, a good. I, I mean, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's a fine yeah, film. Yes. This film looks so much better than that film in terms of its animatronics, yes. everything. But. That film is probably what most people thought they were going to get because the trailer sold this as a horror film. They said, we're the guys who did Megan. You remember, you remember Megan, JB? Beginning of the year, campy horror film, fun horror film. This could have been that because they have robots called Foxy, Chica, uh, F- uh, Bonnie and Freddy. Yeah, have fun with them. Make it a little scary, but have fun with it. And they just didn't do that. It's... It's abysmal. I, I I cannot say anything good about it other than I had a really nice double scoop of Baskin Robbins ice cream during it, and I loved <laughs> that. Other than that, JB, I, I really wanted to come out of this and say, you know, like with something like Believer or some other films, I wanted to be the one who says, no, this is actually quite good, guys. I, I can't say that for the life of me, but uh, I'm feeling that you weren't the most positive on it either, JB, so I'll pass the floor over. I'm surprised uh, I'm more positive than you. I, I don't think it's one of the worst movies I've seen this year. Um, I I don't think it's good. Uh, I think there is good there. And again, I think the production design is the stellar standout yes. of this, which makes it feel all the more disappointing because you do have something that you're like, wow, 
that's incredible. I can't believe that's not CG or I can't believe these are practical. And then to waste it is, is disappointing <laughs> all the way across. Um, I going to call, uh, I probably have referenced this many times on the podcast, but save the cat, the Blake Snyder's yes. uh, book on screenwriting. He has a, a phrase called double mumbo jumbo that you are supposed to avoid when writing, which is asking your audience to believe two very supernaturally based things at the same time that aren't really related. And this movie really does that. And you've mentioned both of them. We have the animatronics that come to life without getting into why they come to life or anything like that. That's asking your audience to believe in magic, essentially. Like, how are these things alive? How or why are they alive? Why are they murderous? Like, there's a lot of things like that. But then we have to also believe that Mike is able to go into his the same dream every night Oh. With this, with the supernatural element of like, he is trying to be a investigator of his brother's abduction by going into the a dream like trance, essentially intentionally. Like, his, when you said he's falling asleep, it makes it sound like he has narcolepsy. No, 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 listeners, he's actively putting himself to sleep in order to investigate the abduction of his brother. Now, here's the thing, folks. When we give a character backstory like that, it's to build empathy in the audience so that we understand why they're committed to the rest of the plot, right? Like we get his motivation for wanting to help. Now, without getting into too many specifics of the plot, there's one thing that I think almost everybody in the world will agree on, minus the people who do the evil thing, which is child abduction, bad. Yes. anti-child abduction you don't need a backstory you don't have to have a traumatic experience from your childhood to make it empathetic that you would care about stopping child abduction it's inherently there because the only people advocating for the abduction of children are the people doing the abductions you know what i'm saying like this is not a thing that needs backstory because it's inherently wrong because children are painted as innocents. It's the same reason why Save the Cat discusses if you want to make a character empathetic, they need to save a cat at the beginning of the story, hypothetically mm -hmm. or literal. Um, and we will go, oh, they're not a bad person, even if they sell meth to little children because, oh, well, he cares enough to rescue a cat. They put so much effort into getting us to understand that he had this, he feels responsible for the abduction of his younger brother that we not only see the scene once, we see it like oh. four to five times yeah, through this repeated dream sequence. And it, it, it honestly does not pay off in a way that is worth that much dedication to time, especially because this is a horror film not a drama and they put so much emphasis on the drama and it is disappointing because you have such a cool premise he needs a job why does he need a job well he's taking care of his younger sister okay cool that's enough and but we could literally map out like 20 different plot lines some of which i i would say for the most part the movie does tie up almost all of them in a terrible way like they don't it doesn't pay off in a way that you're like oh well now i get why we invested so much time it's like okay but you you drove us around in circles to end up at a pretty standard location that we would have had the same emotional reaction had we just gone directly there and that's what's really to me the most troubling with the writing is like 
many many video game movies get criticized for not having enough story or not having enough plot. And then the opposite is often true, where we go, we take a, a video game and we try to do too much to make it feel like a video game. And this does neither of those things. It's like, it, it's too much plot. And it doesn't feel like the video game from my understanding of what the games are. Are there references to the games? Yeah, tons of them apparently. But it's not the atmosphere of what the game is supposed to be. The The opening sequence, I think, is what we're supposed to get. Yeah, where that scare where we, we end, where right away, like within moments, I was texting Sean and saying, hey, this should have been R. And he thought I was saying that it's so violent it needs to be R. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm saying this would have been so much better if it were mm. R, because that opening scene... It that way from the trailer. The trailer made it look like that, didn't it? Because it, yeah. it, it focused on the the break-in that happens later. Uh, so it should have been almost. Yeah, and it, like, oh man, there's so many things that I feel like, I, I'm obviously, it, it's it's always easy in hindsight to sit and, and criticize decisions that were made and, and act like, oh, I see the answer. But it, this one really does feel like the home run is is right there. And they, they like did everything they could to ignore the obvious win. Um, I, I, I liked Willy's Wonderland, uh, more than some, I don't think it's a masterpiece or anything, but I was, you know, I thought it was a fun, uh, like, you know, exactly what I wanted. I, I liked the Nick, I, I guess Willy's Wonderland, there is like a, a, the protagonist is a fighter, which is not the case of Five Nights at Freddy's, but you take that element out of it and you still have better like use of the animatronic characters. They don't look as good as this, but it doesn't matter if they look good and do nothing. And that's what ultimately this movie felt like. It was just a really long waste of time. I actually thought it was longer than it is. It's just under two hours. I thought it was at over two hours, but man, does it drag like it and it's, it, it doesn't need to. It, this should be a 90-minute in-and-out horror film. We should start off with him getting the job, right? Like, start off with him getting the job. I don't fully understand why it's his sister and not his daughter. And also, like, there's a whole custody thing that doesn't doesn't go anywhere outside of setting up some other so many subplots. Out and it doesn't, and it makes the film better. Yeah, dude. Like, it's it's such a... It feels like such an obvious home run. And at the same time, this feels like studios like okay well this game is is so plot light we need to add plot and it's just like they, they maybe eight different people added plot and then no one stripped anything back and it's it it's so rough uh that it's that because it, i i see a really compelling horror movie within the premise of everything and then the execution just is not there yeah no and listen i, I know it's based on the game and the whole dream therapy thing which is it's, it is frankly terrible <laughs> being able to have the same dream every night, but they do try to explain it in the film, you know, with connection to the area. And, and I know it's from the game, but, uh, and lots of people are saying, you know, the game, this, the game, that this isn't the game. And it's the same where with superhero films as well. This ain't the comics. You have to translate it to a different audience. And I don't think they did that here. You know, they wanted to please the fans so much that they gave us a festering turd of a film. And Blumhouse, you could tell, like you say, John, you you know they wanted to go for the, the R rating. You know they did, because there are moments in this where it's almost like they cut. You know, they've had to edit yeah. parts out and yeah. cut away. And you know they would, because I'm pretty sure Jason Blum said something along the lines of, this is kind of, you know, oh, this is going to knock your socks off. It's really scary and it's really bloody. I swear he said something like that, or he did before. Um, I don't know what film he saw, but it wasn't this. 
however, uh, before I mention any kind of spoilery things, we, we, we can talk until the cows come home about how it didn't work for us necessarily. However, it, it, it was it's, it's the Blumhouse model. It was made for $20 million, which is actually quite a lot for a Blumhouse, but they obviously always have now Universal's backing. It's currently sitting at $150 million worldwide. So people have gone to see this film. People have rushed out. It was released just at the right time around Halloween, just the week before Halloween. Perfect timing. It's great to take young horror fans. It's, t- it's a great date movie, you would have thought anyway, before you saw it. Um, and it's raking in the money. So I imagine they're looking at this now thinking, all right, I want more than this. I know some of the actors have been signed to two or three film deals. So let's get there. Let's give them the green light and get some more there. But um, so there's our non-spoiler thoughts. Uh, so just for like, a, just for a minute or two, any kind of spoiler thoughts are coming now. So if you haven't seen five nights at Freddy's come back in a few minutes time and we'll be moving on to our next um, segment, but spoilers 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 for the next two minutes spoilers we've told you now spoilers the ending john how much did you see that coming immediately with matthew lillard oh i mean the second he was cast but that's that's unfair i guess knowing like his you know his history with horror uh like he was too big of a name to just have him at the beginning yeah um he's my father just just don't not knowing about the game at all like i didn't know that he would be like the yellow bunny like i didn't i didn't recognize that as like mm-hmm. a, a missing animatronic i guess you know what i'm saying like i wasn't looking for that that character uh throughout the movie so like when he showed up i'm like have i seen have i seen that before i don't remember um i remember the pirate hook hand the most like that was the the, the animatronic that like stood out to me as like that in the cupcake because it's, it's a cupcake it's but um yeah no it was no surprise um that he was uh the 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 killer and of course um i was a little surprised that they did tie the uh the uh, his brother's abduction in with that because i hated it i hated it it makes zero sense but it was like well at least there's a reason it's in the movie you know what i'm saying like it's it's like well they followed the Chekhov's gun rule that it showed up in the first act so it has to pay off in the third act but it like it doesn't pay off in a good way it pays off in like well yeah duh yeah. i guess like tie yourself and not to get there because you know out of all the out of out of all the employment agencies and all of the world you had to walk into this one well uh, come on come on well because he he did recognize the name too right like he there's recognized a part the name, he... what are the chances and, and i know this is film well, and we can all write write ourselves into these situations but it's i'm like guys come on it had to be that guy yeah and also though like i was mentioning the double mumbo jumbo the other part of it is like the dreams and the animatronics alone are two things that it's asking for but they ask a third thing because the ghosts start to haunt his dreams yes as well and it's like what wait hold on is it a dream or not and then it's like it makes zero sense why the ghosts can haunt his dreams and also why the ghosts are violent also like like honestly i still don't understand why the the animatronics are violent outside of like apparently he controls them somehow but that means he doesn't control the ghost so why are the ghosts torturing mike like none of it makes sense anyway crappy fort (laughs) oh oh, man um yeah no the the whole dream thing is like is uh, you know is it it's not quite this isn't silent hit we're dealing with so why are the kids you know they're, they're hurting him in his dreams yet when he wakes up he's also heard as well this isn't silent here this isn't a nightmare yeah, on elm right. street nightmare on elm street yeah it, it, exactly this this ain't that and that's what I, and that's i think what kind of what we're getting at with the whole rating thing is it's trying to ape these 
other ideas, but it just doesn't work as well. Um, the, yeah, the ending I thought with with Lillard being revealed when she's, when Vanessa says, "Oh, I can't see him because he's my father." I rolled my eyes so damn hard. I thought I was going to cause an avalanche. It was mm. so bad. And, and her character turns up, hangs around, just doesn't realize this guy's an absolute fruit loop. Um, and then uh, she's like, oh, so, you know, people break in and she takes him to the lake, throws his medicine away and they have this heart to heart. I'm like, what's going You've known this guy for, th- for an hour of an evening and now your best buds or, or lovers or whatever. It's so much was just thrown in here. You could have got rid of the, the aunt trying to take the kid away. Mary, Mary Stuart Masterson, again, she know, she got the memo. She knew what film she was in. Doesn't mean she the, the character was any good, but you know her performance was what I expect from a film like this. A little bit tongue-in-cheek. But you didn't need that angle. Like you said, we, Trina, child abduction is abhorrent. That is all you need to know. Mm-hmm. You could have even had this film. You could, have even, you could have started it, had a cold opening. He is already on his fifth night. Or, or, he's, or, or, or we start during the day of the fifth night. He's, you know, we, he tell, you know, we, we work, work out that stuff's been going on for the first few nights, but nothing wild. And then we have the final night at Freddy's is where it goes to plan. Would that be game accurate? Probably not. But yeah. this is made for the big screen. And there were so many breaks in between each night that any momentum they wanted to make died. And that is, I, you know, 101 wrong for horror films to do. I tried skimming through like the Wikipedia. There's like, it's, it's a very chaotic Wikipedia. There's way too much information on that as well. Um, Cause I'm like, <laughs> is there a reason it takes five nights for the animatronics to get you? Like, is like, or I think the premise of the game is you have to survive five nights, which makes yes. sense as a video game that like, what you the hell going back? Ending point. but like, yeah. What's the reason for five out of it being an arbitrary, like alliteration for the game where like, the, the movie like they could have written in like night one he sees something kind of weird night two i you know it just there's so many ways that would just flow better that it's really shocking that they they just dropped so much content into this for backstory um i, I one last thing and i i don't do you have any other spoiler stuff before uh no other than grant feely who played young luke skywalker and obi and kenobi he's like the oh. lead kid in this film very uh, the blonde um kid who is the, the ghost. ghost um i don't think so no I, I, the fort scene was terrible at no point if i am mike and that's my daughter or sibling at no point am i thinking this is a good idea these 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 robots have are or to have a mind of their own this is yeah. nothing's going to go wrong i would be out of there quicker than you could say um <laughs> alimony before you could say the, the lawyers i'd be gone courts court uh proceedings i would be out of there um but no, no other spoiler thoughts for me and to be honest no other thoughts for me on this i'm done but yeah. what's your final thoughts well, my friend the final comment is that this movie's doing very well in the box office uh last i saw for the weekend it made like 132 million worldwide yeah, 150 um, at the minute yep and that is not only is that a lot based on the Blumhouse model, the craziest part is the fact that it's on Peacock and in theaters and people are going to theaters to see it. Um, now, of course, if it were Netflix in theaters, I think you'd see a drop because I think more people have Netflix by comparison to Peacock. But nevertheless, uh, it's wild to see this this happening, that a movie that was dumped same day in theaters and streaming is getting this type of box office reception, especially from uh, from what I heard. I think the film cast cited that a majority of the people going to see it are between the ages of 13 and 17, mm-hmm. which 
have not been the primary ticket goers, right? We are the the demographic for people still going to theaters almost out of nostalgia, right? We're so like seeing a young audience get back in the theaters as much as I'm mad that they are liking a movie that is so flawed, I'm excited to see people going to the theater. So I am like, it's like catch 22, I guess, of this movie being what it is, is that, Hey, it's, it's one, it's saving theaters. People are coming to like, you know, bringing the butts in the seats between T Swift and five nights at Freddy's this month has been (laughs) wild. Yeah, um, I hundred percent agree with you, my friend. Whatever the case, if people are going to watch a film in theaters, getting those concession sales up, getting those ticket numbers in, and keeping theaters open, that will never be a bad thing for me. If you like this film, you've got no taste. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's all subjective. Um, but no, yeah, if you like it, sweet. Absolutely, more power to you. Full respect for that. Sadly, though, it didn't work for myself or John, especially not for me. But let's move on then, JB, to our our final installment of this deviation from our standard template. Usually we do chuffed headlines where we speak about the new movie news, but for the final time this year and for another year, we will be wrapping up our horror movie havoc brackets. We have now finished it. It finished actually in good time for this episode. And very briefly, this is your first show throughout October. John and myself before the month started, we picked 15 films on shudder. The streaming service, 15 horror films, 15 each to make 30. We then use the letterboxed ratings to rank them and seed them accordingly. And we also chose the top ranked horror film on Shudder via letterboxed and gave that a buy, which was Possession. So uh, throughout October, we've pitted films against each other, uh, mine versus John's, until we got to the final to decide what would be the number one film on Shudder for 2023. And we now have our winner but we'll very quickly then just blast through because we've got a fair few but we'll blast through them and jen jb well last time we ended we were we were ending up on the autopsy of jane doe versus a host yeah the autopsy yep. of jane doe won this yes by, by my vote and john's vote but we also put it to the social vote in case we had jaws and also we wanted to get your thoughts you guys voted for host which isn't a bad thing but the autopsy of jane doe went through we then had possession versus vhs 94 shutter original across the board possession one john mine and the social vote and rounding out the uh sweet 16 this is a this was t- a titanic battle i think mm-hmm. like certainly for horror fans halloween 78 versus wreck now i voted for wreck john voted for halloween so it went to you went to the polls um we didn't tell anyone to stop the count but wreck was the winner therefore wreck knocked out halloween in sweet 16 and advanced to the next round. JB, take us through the Elite Eight, please. So we get to the Elite Eight, the Changeling versus uh, Lake Mungo, and the Changeling just unanimous across the board wins, uh, which was surprising because Lake Mungo started real strong mm. um, early in the, the votes. And then uh, next round, next matchup, dark, the Dark and the Wicked versus Revenge. Um, I betrayed Revenge for the first time and voted for the Dark and the Wicked. Um, a movie that I really need to rewatch because I definitely I looked at my review I, I I gave it a really high rating but man my memory of it is just kind of gone. Um, but I did vote for it here. It won again unanimous I think across the board. Uh, no, Revenge the Socials actually picked Revenge. Sorry, Socials, I betrayed you. I uh, could have had Revenge win. Man, if I had got voted for Revenge, changes the whole ending of this event. Damn, but it does. Um, 
uh, didn't re- didn't realize that till just now. But um, possession versus Babadook uh, ends in a draw, right? So uh, the socials were split. I voted Babadook, Matt voted possession, and because of the highest rating in the, the rules that we established, possession moves on. And the last uh, matchup for the Elite Eight is Wreck versus Autopsy of Jane Doe. And Wreck continues to win, which is one of the things that really surprises me because it has been consistently beating things. I mean, it beat Halloween, yeah. one of the iconic horror films, you know, a Mount Rushmore level figure. Wreck yeah. beats that. And then Wreck uh, beats, you know, everything else, but loses um, in a way that I'm surprised. Uh, but so that's the Elite Eight. Wreck um, moves on. So our final, uh, our final four is the changeling versus possession and the dark and the wicked versus wreck matt what were the results of those bad boys well the autopsy of jane doe going out was tough because that is a nasty film i love it so the changeling versus possession we're going back to the 80s here jb we've got two 80s films one of the vintage is going through to the final the socials had to stand as a draw so it came down to me and jb and we both voted for the changeling George C. Scott and the Changeling are the first was the first film to go through to the final. And again, by the time we get to this point, they're all good films. You know, it's just mm-hmm. yeah. it comes down to personal preference at the end of the day. And Possession's a great film, but the Changeling won this time. And the final 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 four match in the semi-final with The Dark and the Wicked versus Wreck. Two films from recent years, 2007 and 2021. I want to say 2020, at least for the Dark and the Wicked. Again, the socials were split on this one. The socials, one said Dark and the Wicked, the other said Wreck. It came down to JB and myself. The Dark and the Wicked was one of my choices, uh, one of my 15, so I went with that. John, what was the film you chose to get into the final? I I picked Dark and the Wicked. um, There we go. I've only seen both of them one time. And... uh, so I, I kind of went with just my my mem- memory of them, my memory of them, and we watched Wreck as part of our uh, uh, Vampocalypse series during the pandemic. So, so you know, though. it's it's so hard to like love that because I think it's a great movie, but it was like during that time when I was like, I don't, I don't like any of these movies anymore because they're making <laughs> me feel terrible. It's the world um, going to end around us. But yeah, I so when like, it first came out, it scared the living hell out of me erected but dark and yeah. wicked lingered so john our mm-hmm. final is the changeling from 1980 versus the dark and the wicked from 2020 or 2021 i don't remember we saw it at a fantasia film festival mm-hmm. all i'll say is i'll start by saying the socials went with the dark and the wicked jb finish us up finish us off and please announce the inaugural winner of the horror movie so, havoc from so. the bank I consistently have voted for the changeling, I think going almost all the way back. So I st- I stayed with that. Um, and unfortunately, uh, the, you went dark and the wicked with the social. So dark and the wicked wins and is our inaugural 2023 horror movie havoc champion. The dark and the wicked is shut. Uh, I believe it's billed as a shutter original, even though we saw it at a festival, but, um, yes, uh, it's been on shutter pretty much since that festival, uh, and yeah, it is now the horror movie Havoc champion, which again, had I voted for Revenge when it was up yeah. against Dark and the Wicked, Revenge would have moved on and we, we'd probably have, I would imagine the Changeling would have taken it oh, up the from there. So. But Or possibly Wreck, because then you think maybe oh, Wreck would have faced Revenge. Revenge in the next game. Oh and- man, 
I'm going wreck on that one again. Not be, again. Revenge is great, but I'm going wreck there. So we might yeah, have wreck I, I, versus the changing. Who knows? I think I probably would have voted for wreck against revenge as well. So uh, then your wreck versus changeling. I mean, it's wild how the votes turned out. So listeners, we hope you had fun with this. We, I had a blast. I watched, I ended up watching 33 horror films in the month of October. Uh, Not even intentionally. Like I watched all the ones I had not seen from the list, um, which were several. I think it was almost 20 movies, just getting all of those caught up. And then I watched, I, I reviewed a few new things that were coming out. I caught like VHS 85, um and you know we did totally killer on this podcast and i have there's a a horror movie that we're going to be talking about next week that i watched in october though um (laughs) and so uh yeah i ended up with 33 like usually the the goal is to watch 31 days of horror in in october i ended up doing 33 so um a lot of the because of this though and i i had a blast i hope listeners you enjoyed it i hope you watched some new movies i hope you maybe rewatch some of these and um our hope for next year is we're going to add two more people into the voting to mix it up a little bit more. So it's not just Matt and I, if we agree, then we win kind of thing. Um, and so that's that's the hope is to kind of flesh this out, expand it a little more. Uh, we might switch streaming services or maybe uh, mix it up with how we choose the movies. Uh, yep. We want, we like the idea of a narrow pool and it also opened up the opportunity to have movies that we had not seen. And I, it's one of the things I love about doing stuff like this is pushing me to watch something that maybe I otherwise wouldn't select if I was just looking at a gigantic pool of all of the movies I've never seen, which is so many, right? There's so many movies I've never seen. Um, so I like getting to narrow it down. And again, I had, uh, I, I think my favorite of movies I had not seen though. Um, well, there was a few, uh, ginger snaps. I really liked a lot. I really liked hell house LLC. And I don't think I ever would have watched that. I was, that was not on my radar whatsoever um autopsy of jane doe was one i'd been trying to or i'd been planning to watch for so long and i ended up really loving uh i was surprised at how little i knew about possession like considering it's it's you know there's such a history there i knew like nothing about it so that was exciting to like learn about all of its its history i think i enjoyed learning about it more than i enjoyed watching it though but um (laughs) tough watch but yeah i really uh i really so I think this was a lot of fun. I hope you, Matt, I hope it was, I kind of shoved this on you like two days before we started it. Um, <laughs> and I hope, I hope it was fun. I don't know. How did you feel about it? Dude, it's horror. Horror is my jet. Horror is my team. So mm-hmm. I loved it, mate. You, you know how much I love horror. Cause it's funny because when we started the show, um, JB is a man of culture and he'll be the first to say horror wasn't his, you know, go preferred genre. And maybe it still isn't. However, now we'll see JB, you know, much more, into it or i was watched a lot more a lot more verse in it watching 33 mm-hmm. films during october that's what i like to see but no I, I loved it you know horror spooky season i love anyway october you know the whole cliche of watching horror films throughout it works for me so being able to watch films that i've already seen and very much enjoy uh and also new films as well which i, I hadn't seen i hadn't seen all of the films that i picked either it was some i had and some were kind of shots in the dark based on what i I think they sound quite good. So I thought it was fantastic. And I hope everybody else enjoyed a, an almost like an alternative look at horror as well, because we've said all along, we could have picked scream, the shining, the exorcist, poltergeist, Halloween, yeah. uh, you know, American wealth and like, everything. We could have done the, the greatest hits and maybe we will do one day, but there was something on the more appealing about taking a streaming series service like shudder who don't sponsor us which is the home of horror on streaming 
and you know pushing the films out on there the dark and the wicked is our winner brian bertino directed it he also directed the strangers in 2008 and he uh, wrote the sequel i think as well um but I'd, I'd wager that it's a film that not many people have seen. By comparison so, to some of those other ones, yeah. Well, exactly, yeah, but, and on the ones on this list as well. Uh, so we hope maybe that by announcing this and by dropping it online, socials, that it, it won. Maybe a few people will watch it, and we hope you enjoy it as well and hope you realise why it got to the final one and was also pushed along a, f- a couple of times by you guys in the audience as well. Um, but also think that like, like, like mate, Lake Mungo, the autopsy mm-hmm. of Jane Doe, what Josiah saw, um, magic house, stuff like this, where it, in, within the circle, within the genre, we've heard of them, but outside of it, maybe not so much. And this is just another way of saying that there are great films out there that aren't the mainstream horror films you've heard of that are possibly even better than those films. And it's, and it's a crime that they're not seen more. So hopefully we've been able to, uh, possess you to watch more f- horror films this month, or oh, at least snap. the ones I know, or at least the ones that got to the you know, the elite eight, maybe, and kind of f- um, funneling on those. But no, I've had a great time doing this, John. Any any time I can indulge in my horror fantasies, and I, I will do. So, which is why I can't wait for for next year. The difference is we've got a whole year now to plan it out, to work out who we're going to get on board, how we're going to push it, how we're going to get people on to vote as well. So. This was a very much a yeah, it was a last minute thing, but it worked. And then next year we hope to make it bigger and we hope to see more people voting and more people getting on board. And yeah, we'll have a probably a very similar format, if not the same, but maybe but for different yeah. films, of course. So yeah, looking yeah. forward to JB and I, I had a great time doing it. So uh, good good uh, good job coming up with it in the last minute. Hey, you know, I can't take full credit. I, I took inspiration from obviously March Madness, uh, but yes. also from Blank Check. They do their bracket. A lot of people do brackets now. So it's just, it was, I felt like, you know, so many uh, podcasts and stuff do like 31 Days of Horror, but I didn't want to just do it that way. So I merged two ideas. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I hope to, to bring it back next year with uh, a little bit more thought put into it and hopefully um, even more interaction from our audience. Yes. So what that guy said. So stay tuned next year for Horror Movie Havoc 2024 and see what follows in the dark and the wicked's footsteps. So, uh, yeah, go watch that film because it won. Now, let's move on then to our next actual scheduled uh, segment. And um, Chuff's headlines will be back next week for our thoughts on the movie news. This time, though, we're going to go to media consumption, which is where we uh, run through the movies, TV shows, video games, music, podcasts, which aren't ours. Anything that we've uh, indulged in to pass the time since our last recording. JB, you've been busy as ever. <laughs> yeah, um, I watched <laughs> quite a bit. Um, well, Blank Check continues the David Fincher uh, series. They just covered Social Network. Yeah. Um, really good episode. And then they also dropped their uh, um, Die Another Day commentary. Uh, which was the last of the Pierce Brosnan commentary. So I was excited, one, because that movie's terrible. But two, sure. I, I was waiting to hear what the next commentary was going to be. And guess what we're jumping into, Matt, uh, on the Patreon? The, the guys are going to be uh, going over the Austin Powers trilogy next. Oh, yes. So um, I've seen those, obviously, way too many times. I've probably rewatched uh, both Goldmember and Sh- Spy Who Shagged Me so much because those were, like, some of my early DVDs. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so I'm excited to hear their their takes on those movies. There, uh, Griffin's definitely a big fan. Um, movie wise, uh, I'm gonna kind of again power through this. Um, okay. I went and saw Anatomy of a Fall, 
uh, Palm Door winner. Um, really, really good movie. Uh, just kind of introspective you walk it's hard to like it, it's gonna leave an imprint it's that type of movie where you're just gonna walk away thinking about it and keep thinking about it keep thinking about it um i caught a film that uh, is in theaters this weekend actually uh in the states i don't know what the release date is for you in the uk but radical um my review for that is going to be up at disappointment media um really great Eugenio Derbez movie uh, about a real life teacher in Mexico uh, set in 2011 as a former high school teacher um, and current college professor uh, movies about teachers always really are going to click for me. It's a profession that I am very passionate about and also feel is very, very damaged and flawed and in need of desperate reform um, for so many reasons. And that this movie hits a lot of those issues in ways that really resonated uh, so check out Radical if you can. Um, I mentioned uh, that I was um, at a conference and I have never seen the movie Footloose and it was on HBO. So I, I was like, well, I'm going to watch Footloose. And I finally watched Footloose for the first time, Matt. Uh, what did you think? Well, one, I it's one of those movies when like when you watch it, uh, having not seen it, but having seen so many other movies, you become very aware of how influential that film is. Like there are mm-hmm. so many movies that reference Footloose, you know? And I did not know that uh, going in, like how, like I'm watching, I'm like, this feels familiar. And also that soundtrack, like the amount of movies that have used songs from the Footloose soundtrack that debuted in the Footloose soundtrack, but have since referenced those songs is wild too. Like it's, it's crazy how much of an influence that movie is. Cause it's not, great it's not bad but it's not a great movie but it man did it have an impact like it's wild uh and and then again kevin bacon's great john lithgow is always great and it's it's wild uh sarah jessica parker is barely like she's in it and she's like but not the main lead love interest so like it was it was but yeah i I definitely like i i liked it mind you i just i sound like i just bashed it pretty hard just it's a really silly movie like when you really think about what it's doing but it works and the song as well. Come on, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Oh, who yeah. doesn't get down to Kenny Loggins? Um, I mean, yeah, it's a <laughs> very, very good song. Um, but so, uh, I I caught David Fincher's um, "The Killer," uh, which my review is up at BerkReviews.com for that. Um, it's I think it's out on Netflix now. I feel like I don't know for sure because I Ooh. I saw it at a screening, but I think it's out. Um, I think so. It, I really liked it. I, I I can definitely see why some people won't. I'm I'm a big fan of it. I like it a lot. Um, Sweet. But the big thing since the last time we recorded is I a while ago bought the Final Destination box set. I've only ever seen one and two, and I'm honestly not a hundred percent sure I watched all of two, having just rewatched it. <laughs> I'm like I remember parts of this, but I don't remember a lot of it, and I feel like I would have remembered more of it than I do had I seen it. Um, so I'm thinking I might have like caught part of it and then just was like, now nah, I'm good. Um, I love the first movie. I've seen the first one a lot. Like when it came out, it was very like impactful to me. I actually think it's why I'm an overthinker and why I like either it's the reason I am an overthinker or I really liked it because that's how my brain already worked. Like, like I see a roller coaster and I see all of the ways it could kill me. Like that's what my brain does. And uh, so I really like the storytelling mechanism that all of the movies use, but I, I, I watched all five of the final destination films. Um, I think one, two, and three are very solid. Uh, I think all of them have some cool moments, 
four and five are suffer four is called the final destination too by the way which is annoying um <laughs> but four and five suffer for two reasons one they're both 3d heavy and it not having the 3d experience with those is never good right like watching a 3d movie in 2d becomes really annoying very fast because you're just like well this would obviously be a 3d they did this kill specifically for 3d and now i'm not seeing it that way so it's even worse um yes. it would have been cheesy but now it's bad and then also though they their their cast are like nobody like there's like i mean final destination 5 there's a lot of stunt casting and some weird character like david keckner's in it and you're just like why are you in this and um pj Byrne, who's a, another regular like comedic character actor it's just like this is it's weird how many comedians are in this film um f- four has like nobody they're like literally everyone in four you're like these are all knockoff of other actors. These are like, you hear about actors going to auditions and there's like eight of you at the audition that these are the eighth ones like that are in final, <laughs> like in the final destination, no offense to them, but it feels like a soap great. opera. It feels like what if Hallmark made a final destination movie? Like that's what it feels like. Um, and even like, the look yeah. of the film. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, but there's something in all of them that's worth checking out. I'm not mad that I watched all five. Um, it's just four is like noticeably the worst, but uh, yeah, um, I, Matt, I don't know. Uh, it sounds like you have opinions on all of these as well. Not really different to yourself, actually. I mean, there's Final Destination. It's like sore, isn't it? You really, but it got to a certain point where you're just there for what were the kills and how inventive they can be and what death has up his sleeve. And I mean, I, yes. I've driven behind logging trucks on the motorway and immediately thought, nope, Final Destination. Every time I go on a roller coaster, final destination. Every time I think mm. about going on a plane, final destination. I don't yeah. go on sunbeds, but if I did, you know what's coming. So um, the the films have impacted or in, on popular culture in such a way, which I love. And they can go on forever because it's it's death. You can keep doing these films forever and ever and ever. And by the looks like they're going to. But yeah, the first one's okay. I think the second one is really decent. And the third one's fine. And I like how they... I, I, you know i like where it ends up shall we say but uh yeah there was a when they started going cg heavy and 3g gimmicky then it did fall apart a bit and lost what made i mean it's always been uh, cg and don't get me wrong but it became apparent towards the end and it you know the film's gotten noticeably worse but i wouldn't hate to i know they are coming back and i'm not i don't, i'm not against the idea because i think you can have some fun with them yeah, um, and that's just it. Like, it's it's a fun premise, and the the um, what what do you call those the like the machine setup? You know, where like this leads to that. That leads to it's the Rube Goldberg machine. Um, but that's that's wrong. Right. I always get it wrong. It's something like that. Um, but it's that's the whole premise of the Final Destination movies, right? It's like how are we gonna make this kill happen? Because it's not a person doing it. It's just like your surroundings, ha- like happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and it's, they get cheesier uh, as it goes, and they get like more and more unbelievable. Like, well, that's not how that works. <laughs> but um, it is always kind of fun for the filmmaking to kind of set up all that stuff, and they get really into like throwing you off. Um, you know, because yes. they like they realize after the first film that if we always show you exactly what's going to happen, it will be boring. So we show you what could happen. And then like often the kill is out of nowhere. There's a gymnast kill in number five. That Ooh. is so freaking wild. Like it looks brutal. terrible. Like it's brutal. It, it's so CG heavy. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you're like, it comes out of no, like is all of the setup. You're like, Oh, she's going to get electrocuted or oh, her head's going to get chopped off. And then you just do not see 
the way she not, dies being yeah. the way she's gonna die. You're just like, nope, that's not how that would happen. But okay, <laughs> like holy but cow, it. it's like um, it reminds me of uh, I've said it a few times on this show, but a nightmare on elm street the series where yeah the films may not have got any better as they went along apart from the third one yeah um, which is great but for me they were they always pushed the envelope of effects they always pushed the envelope with yeah the kills and things like that and how they use visual effects and um and digital effects of the day as well and practical that is why final destination that's what kind of what i see is that you know there's always an inventiveness and I guess you could throw the same at Saw, but I think they did lean too far into the total torture point. Yeah, I agree. Whereas Final Destination, there was always that kind of like, I don't know, it was, it was like a fun element to it where you knew that the guys were having fun coming up with these ways and the red herrings and and like the gymnast one and things like that where they were playing, they were toying with the audience in such a way, similarly to kind of how A Nightmare on Elm Street did back in the day, um, not to compare the two because... Yeah. I do think Nightmare, that's my favourite horror f- f- series. But, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I got that vibe from it a bit. Interesting. Um, but that's that's what I've been watching um, movie-wise. And then mm-hmm. uh, I've been playing Speedstorm and Spider-Man 2 on the PS5 a lot. Um, I've been playing both quite a bit. Uh, Spider-Man 2, I, am, I think last night I got to, I feel like I'm at the three quarters of the way through the game. Um, nice. it might, might even be a little further than that. It's hard to, to gauge, uh, but I've really been enjoying it. A few things I do get frustrated sometimes with the, the level of difficulty and like their, their expectation that my reflexes are way better than they are. <laughs> um, like I'm not Spider-Man video game. Re- remember that. Like I can't hit the button that fast. Uh, please stop killing me. Um, but so I like twice I've had to reduce the difficulty just so I wouldn't get like beyond frustrated with it. Um, which I like that you can do. I like that you're able to like knock it down. If you're like, this boss is too hard. I don't feel like, I don't feel like trying to figure out the pattern that you're trying to make me figure out. Mm. I'm just going to hit him hard. Um, so I've had a blast, but it, uh, Matt, I didn't know that you had also got the game. I did, um, but I haven't bought it. Uh, I did. Uh, I managed to do a trade off at work with a guy I work with. Ah. Who I managed to, I procured him via my rental service, a copy of, um, EA Sports FC, the football game we play, soccer yes. game we play, and he bought Spider Man Two and he finished it fairly quickly. Took time off work to play it, and then kind of said, "Well, hold on, well, you want it? Once I finished it, I can let you borrow it and you can play it." I said, "Yeah, sure, okay, go for it." Um, and then I, I, I said it to download overnight the other, at the weekend. It, it, it didn't because my PlayStation turned off. Brilliant. Um, so I have I have started it, but I am literally five minutes into the game. I've only just started it. Um, so, however, I've indulged. I've played it, so it's going on consumption. So I have started it. Uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm really looking forward to um, hopefully by the next time we, we we get on the mics to get a little bit further through and we'll, and get the selfie by the hook and ladder and other places as well. That's all I've got it for the photo mode. But no, I'm looking forward to getting through it because I've heard uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it if not great things about it so yeah very excited to get through that jb um and i don't often play games so it's about time i actually start playing games on my games console and i did play speedstorm as well actually i played that last week and had a lot of fun with it um i i ramped up the difficulty because i think like you said it it starts on easy to kind of to get you in to let you learn the basics and mechanics of the gameplay before you can uh turn up to hard and give yourself a real kind of uh, challenge, but I, I played that. I did challenge JB, but as you'll mention, he was busy. I think he's actually, you know, he shirked the challenge. He's a little bit scared of the gauntlet being thrown down. But, oh, 
I'll get him. I'll get him at some point. I, I hope to play against you. I've actually got a few other people playing too. I've yet Sweet. to play multiplayer with anybody, um, but I have been getting the people to play this game, which is crazy because I tried like that with Disney's Dreamlight Valley and like no one played. And then this one, I mean, to be fair, that one was only free, I think, on Xbox with Game Pass, uh, where this is free for anybody. Um, you say Mario Kart version, yeah. Mario Kart adjacent, people are getting it. Yeah, and I mean, a free, a, a very well-made mario kart yes. mind you. like it, it plays real well i really it's it's frustrating the level i want to spend money on the game and i'm not but like i'm just like man i really would like to have that racer but i yes. don't want to spend 50 dollars to get that racer um, exactly what you mean now having, having played it and having seen who's available i kind of want that guy i think my brother downloaded it. he's on xbox so but pretty sure he downloaded it after it's this cross platform though, so we can we can play all like against each other uh, i don't know how the party system plays out but it is possible to play against people from others other things but at some point on the bam socials you may see um uh, a couple of screen captures or videos of us playing and me hopefully winning um that one's for you your majesty god rest your soul uh maybe so uh hopefully to get on speed store in the next week or so with uh jonathan burke and otherwise i've been listening to a horror month uh, nightmare on film street uh the podcast over there Listen to them speaking about the the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the Disney film, and Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers. So listen to those guys over there. That second last one was a, I think they call it like a rebroadcast or a one a re-release of one that came out a few years ago. Uh, and then films other than Five Nights at Freddy's, I watched um, Grave of the Fireflies. I mean, I've seen that before. I don't know what possessed me to watch it again because I always said I. It's it's not a film I can go back to because mm. uh, if you've if you anyone out there has seen it, then you'll know why. If you haven't seen it, then I absolutely implore you to watch it because it is a it is an incredible film. It is a stunning film and it's horribly emotional and it will it will ground you for days. But I don't know. I just it's one of those films I think where well, the first time I watched it, I was so moved, profoundly moved and touched by this film. I just I held it at arm's reach. Like I can't go back and watch this again. And it's almost like the kind of morbid curiosity of, did I really feel like that? And then I rewatched. It, I was like, yeah, oh god, dear, I did. <laughs> but it is a it is a fantastic film, Grave of the Fireflies. If you can uh, check it out, please do. Uh, I also watched a horror film. It's a British horror film called In Fear, and it's one that stars um, Ian DeCastica. And it's directed by somebody who I can't remember. Directed by Jeremy Lovering. And it's a British sort of thriller, um, horror, chiller. Basically, a couple stay in a countryside hotel. And of course, because it's in the countryside, it is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but they get lost eventually. And they are being followed by uh, somebody who isn't very good or something that isn't very kind to them. And uh, a very decent film, actually. It's a very underrated film, or more of a, more so an underseen film. But I thought it was pretty good. Um, In Fear, it's called. And Halloween Night, Trick or Treat. It's going on. Michael Doherty's Trick or Treat. It is cliche for me, but I have to watch it every year now. I love that film so, so much. And I know they're doing another one soon because Doherty's been doing the rounds mm-hmm. talking about it. I don't think it's yep. been officially. Uh, I don't. I think. I think it's been greenlit by Mike Doherty. I don't think it's been officially greenlit by the studio yet. Um, but the film never got, never ever got released in the cinema until last year. I think it was. It never ever touched the theatre screen. And then last year, it got its first ever theatrical run. 
so hopefully now they're going to uh, think about getting us, giving us a sequel to that horror anthology. I love that film. Very special place for me, that film, just because I love horror anthologies. And that one nailed it for me. So that is what I've been checking out this week, JB. It's been a bloody awesome month for horror and for this show as ever. And of course, we've had to maintain those levels of bloody awesomeness. So, John, how have you been staying bloody awesome for the last month? So, uh, like, uh, I was like, month? What happened? Did we not record? Oh, it Ooh. was a long between recordings. But um, I mentioned I was at a conference. Uh, I went for my first college professor conference, essentially, um, as a college professor. I've been to a lot of teacher-related events in my life as a teacher. But this is the first one at my new job. Um, and it was uh, a really cool one. It wasn't very far. It was just about 45 minutes away by, by car. Um, but it was at a Hilton hotel, which I thought would be much fancier than it turned out to be. Not not a bad hotel, but I was expecting a Hilton outside of Disney to be like, ooh, I could never afford this, which is still true. But I don't feel like it's worth it. Like they nickel and dime you a lot of stuff. But um, we the food that the conference itself provided with the catering was incredible. Uh, for me, especially because I like to I like different types of food. So like we had yeah. uh, Thai inspired cuisine, Indian inspired oh, cuisine. Oh. Um just really good food. I ate way too much, like so much food. Good, um, good. And then uh, we <laughs> calm down, Palpatine. And then uh, we uh, <laughs> we got to go to Epcot uh, on the second night. Um, they we had a catered dinner at Epcot, and then we were free to roam the park. But I've I've been, so I kind of was like, I'm gonna go back to the hotel. Um, but I, I met a bunch of people. I was you know I was I was alone. Uh, I think this is the first time I've ever been sent to a conference completely by myself, where I didn't know anybody officially there except for my my sales rep and i i only kind of knew her like i'd met her a couple times um i ended up talking about movies a lot uh talked about Man. podcasts a little bit but just had a, a really good time talking to a bunch of people and and learning about uh the textbook that we use um and different features and and functions of uh you know how other people teach things and approach things it was overall a really good experience and it was fun to um you know, to network a little bit with other college professors for a change instead of just high school uh, and K through 12 teachers, no offense to K through 12, but this is, you know, I, I'm in a different group of people now. So it's, it's, it was nice to get to that experience. And the food was fantastic. Yeah. The food was really good. Uh, I did ask oh, during it. Like, How's it going JB? And of course he knows me very well. So the first thing he told me about was the selection of cuisine on offer and, God damn! Yeah. I, I almost, I almost enrolled in teacher school so I could get on one of these <laughs> conferences and get some of that food. Fuck! I don't eat here. I do, um, but that sounds good. As uh, conferences can be hit or miss, so I'm glad that it was uh, more of a positive for you there, my friend. Um, yep. My one, John. Come on, it's, this is this is you know this is Tumblr girl basic stuff. Halloween is how I've been staying bloody awesome, John. Um, Halloween has helped me staying bloody awesome. I went uh, trick or treating with my daughter who dressed up as Wednesday Adams got the costume and her mother sorted her out the makeup and made her look great. And she got lots of compliments on the way round from, uh, other trick or treaters and the people who aren't open their doors. She ended up with a good swag as well. Good haul of candy of sweets. And she, she loves Halloween. She's very much like her dad and her mum. She's weird. Um, in that sense that likes the likes the weird stuff. He likes hot, i say horror but she likes wednesday she's really really likes the new goosebumps series on disney plus which even i had reservations about her watch i was like oh, it might be a bit scary because we watched the first one together i was like my word <laughs> if you don't like it turn it off it might be too creepy but now she tunes in every week now um we're going to watch ghostbusters when she comes down at the weekend she's going to finally sit down and watch it properly 
Um, so yeah, she loves all that stuff. So she was looking forward all day to trick or treating all week, but all day. And we went out for a summer to eat first, then went trick or treating in the damp in, um, Halloween evening. It was great fun. I dressed up as tired dad, uh, but I dressed up as Halloween. I had an orange hoodie on and black jeans. Anyone who follows my socials will see, have seen that outfit before, uh, clashed with my work carpet. Um, so yeah, Halloween and then getting back watching trick or treat. I don't know. It's just a whole vibe for me, my man. I know it's, uh, I know it's seen as, um, you know, like kind of almost like Christmas now. It's very the hallmark holiday. It's called, or it's 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 there to sell. I can't think of the word now. Corporate holiday type thing. But mm. man, I love it. I'm here for it. It's it just reminds me of horror. So I'm here for that. So yeah, Halloween. Having a great time at Halloween and just um, enjoying the vibe. It's how I stay bloody awesome this week, John. Nice man. I, I also like Halloween. I just don't. My kid's too grown now, so I don't really participate anymore. Um, so yeah, fun times. Nope, I dig it, my friend. But I know that behind it all, you were dreaming of the horror movie Havoc bracket. So I knew that you uh, yes. had your heart in horror somewhere. But uh, well, that's going to do it uh, for this week's episode. Speaking of horror, we had the horror of putting up with Five Nights at Freddy's this week, but that's gone with now. Uh, if you did enjoy the film, though, we you know would love to know what it was about it that that um, swung it for you. And there are no right or wrong opinions in film. Uh, we jest when we say, "I say you have no taste." You all have taste. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear what you thought about Five Nights at Freddy's. But next week, though, JB mentioned it. We're going to be covering a film called It's a Wonderful Knife. Now, JB's one of JB's favourite films, if not his favourite film, is It's a Wonderful Life. The uh, James Stewart, um, Donna Reed, Frank Capra film. Uh, Capra film, sorry. A classic film. This, however isn't that film it is called it's a wonderful knife i've been seeing this being spoken about for a long time just mainly in my inbox uh, and i've been quite excited to see it uh, it stars Catherine isabel who is in ginger snaps justin long's in it as well uh, alongside a few other people so hopefully it's a horror comedy that works but either way whether it does or doesn't we're covering it next week so check uh, yep. us out there uh, if you want to tell us about films about horror films about five nights at freddy's or anything please do follow us online you can find us on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. And on Instagram, John, where are we? We're at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. Yes, sir. Elon, don't sue us. Find us on X, not Twitter, whatever. Uh, Facebook, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Uh, check out the Tomato Meter this week to see, well, that 30% isn't going to be going up because of our rating, but we will be putting our uh, review on the Tomato Meter on Rotten Tomatoes as the show is Rotten Tomatoes approved. Uh, if you want to find me online, you can do go to whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and just search what I watch tonight across all of the socials, including Letterboxd. And JB, where are you? I'm at burkreviews.com and at burkreviews on all the social media platforms. There we go. And uh, we hope you enjoy what we've been doing on the BAMP for the last five or six years. And if you do, and, you, and if you haven't already, please do leave us a five-star rating and review on your podcast provider of choice because it helps the show grow. It helps us get more listeners in. It gets us up the listening algorithm lists and it's another way to get more film fans talking each and every week. And with that, as always stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies. Blood, 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 blood,